Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the No Regrets Married Podcast. I got a little caught up in something we were doing there, and so I almost forgot to uh, get in on the music. But uh, hey, we're glad you're taking music. some t- stop the music, whatever it meant. We are, uh, we're excited that you're here to join us, and uh, we just look forward to spending the next 20, 25 minutes uh, with you. Um, tonight, we're going to start, somehow we've started doing these sort of series. We're having like couple or two or three in a series and we're getting ready to do another one now and this one's really focusing on his and hers desires now a lot of times we hear him call his and her needs why are we going with desires carla well we sort of feel like even though needs is fine and in some ways you might could argue the point that in a marriage there are certainly needs that we each have And God has set it up that our spouse does help meet some of those. But I think the reality is a need in some ways, I think, sort of is something we can't absolutely live without, meaning like we need air, we need food, we need, you know, uh, security, we need, you know, there's certain things we need to survive that are a little bit different than our desires. Yeah, okay. You just used one of the words we're going to use and said it was a need when you just said we're calling it desires, but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, I can remember when our kids were growing up, and especially our youngest, that we would go from his school and we'd be going home and, you know, literally it was 10 minutes, 10 to 12 minutes away, and he'd be begging to stop to get some drink because he was dying of thirst. Yes. He needed that drink. That's true. He and like so many children have a real problem distinguishing between That's needs true. and what their desires are. So as we talk about this tonight, we're not diminishing these. In fact, I think they're all really important um, about really the different desires that seem to drive men and women in the relationship. And there's obviously going to be a little overlap. And I think some of the things that they would probably actually both want them, but maybe not necessarily in the same priority. Yeah, Yeah, same priority. And uh, so let's uh, get started. Tonight we're going to do the women's. And next episode we're going to jump in with the men's. But we want to give a lot of time for women and Carla's going to be doing a lot of the talking. I'm just going to introduce it, and then I'm just going to let her run with it wherever she wants you to go. You should ask me questions. I'll ask you questions. All okay. Right. Well, let's talk about um, What's the word? women's needs. Our word for a woman's desires, and I just said needs a second well, ago. Well, I, I, we can. it's a little bit of both, let's Needs say. or desires. You can call it whatever you want to. Uh, the word we're using is chase, and it's C-H-A-S-E. Mm-hmm. Which, in one ways, I think a lot of women they still want to be chased. They want to be pursued in the relationship. I think that's sort of one of the reasons we came up with that word. Is so often what we hear is like, you know, guys being task accomplished and goal accomplished. Hey, I got the wife. Got her. And all the pursuing that he did beforehand, he sort of forgets all that. Yes. Now we're on to the second. And now he's off to the next thing. And so many times we hear women say that, hey, I want to still be pursued by my husband in the way that he did before him. Yeah, before we got married. Yeah. So that's one reason we chose the word chase. You'll laugh when you get here our second word if if you put the two together. But we'll get to that next week. We'll wait till next week. We'll leave the guy's word for that. So in the first word is chase, and the first letter C stands for. Cherish. cherish. So, Carla, why don't you talk about what it means to cherish? 
Well, to cherish, again, means to be treated in a way that says that I am incredibly valuable, that I am something of utmost importance to you. I am like this treasure. I am something of worth and value. And man, that is just, that is incredible to think that another human being, uh, i.e. your spouse, cherishes you in a way that makes you feel like you are of supreme worth and importance to them. Yeah, I know. And one of the problems here, when guys hear the word cherish, and I think we've sort of talked about this before, they often don't don't know what it means, where a woman innately does. And so I think that word you said, important. Yes. You it's know, a way you can it describe it to you a man. feel important and prioritized and valued? Um. You know, I think what's really sad is that guys sometimes seems to cherish other things more than they cherish their wife. Yeah. And guys, that'll get you in trouble. I mean, if you notice that, you know, the new, the little scratch on your car before you notice, you know, your wife has a, new, has a new haircut or has done something different or has really gotten herself dressed up for you and you don't really see that, you're in trouble. Well, again, you're not noticing and what is important, what is of value we pay attention to. What are some of the other aspects of being cherished? We talked about, you say that being valued, being noticed, being seen. What are some other aspects of it, though, besides that, that would go beyond that? Well, I think, again, the idea of you use the word importance, and we use that sometimes when we're talking to a man to say, okay, how do you feel cherished? And as you said, sometimes that word doesn't resonate with a man. So if you say, what does your wife do that makes you feel important? And so that's sort of something you're driving at. So again, the cherish thing, when I'm thinking about that, is the idea that I am, I am a significant piece of your world and what is important to you and what is significant. I'm not just a side thing over here. And again, it's that idea of sort of attention, focus, intentionality toward me. How does me. the idea, because we talked about this before in the other podcast one time, we talked about being cherished. We talked about that aspect of protection. Yeah, I love that. I love the idea that saying that I care enough about you and so much for you that I want to protect you from anything that would harm you or that would harm us. And that's incredible because when you think about it, if you take that word and put it on something else, what would you do to protect your most valued possession? What do you, you know, what is that to you? And if it's some a thing, then what would you do to protect it? You know, would you get a life insurance policy on it? Would you, not a life, but would you get some sort of insurance policy on it? Would you put it in a safe place? Would you put it in a safe? Would you do something that guaranteed its protection? And so I'm thinking, man, when you feel that way, that that is how you feel toward me, that you are going to do whatever it takes to make certain that I'm protected in every kind of way. And that could be physical, that could be a lot of different ways, but in something that says 
you want to guard anything that might harm me because you want me to be the absolute best that I can be. And so you're there's this element of protecting and taking care of that's that's a piece of that cherishing. Yeah, and I think when you were saying something, Joe sort of hit something else I think that is important in cherishing, and that is like so many times guys, they understand, you know, they have a classic car. They have something they want to show off to everybody else. Yeah. And I think that is part of that idea. And I don't mean this trophy wife kind of thing that she's a possession. But I think when a man cherishes his wife, man, he's proud of her. And he wants to celebrate her excellence, not just with himself, but he's going to let everybody else know that as well. And I tell you what, that's that is a beautiful thing for a woman to experience her spouse treating her that way. Again, the idea that I think so highly of you that I want to celebrate who and what you are, but I also am proud enough of it that I want others to know about it. Yeah. And so I think that and Carla, you being a woman, you probably grew with this, but I just think that's something that every woman, every wife would desire is to be cherished in the way that we've just gone through describing it. Absolutely. And you may have another word that you would put in there. And I would say sort of as we're as we're moving through our chase word here, um, there may be other things that as as we give you a couple of words that you say, well, to me, it means this is a part of where you share that with your spouse. Because this is where what cherish means to me may look a little bit different to you. And so that's great. That's fine. But again, our spouse needs to know, well, what would that look like and feel like if you did that toward me? Absolutely. So let's go on to the H. And the H is, I think every woman wants and desires a husband who's going to be open and honest and vulnerable with her. Yeah, so H, obviously, open is not the H word, but we, we added oh, yeah, that. Honest yeah, honest and open. Yeah. Well, the honesty, and it, that sort of lends itself to the idea that if you are honest, I mean, through and through, and so it doesn't matter where your husband is or what he does, it's the same answer, the same behavior, the same thing regardless. That is honest, that is open, that is genuine, and that is what we that is what a woman wants. If I don't know if you're the same at home with us, do I have the same ability to trust and know that you're honest in the same way that you are when you're at work and what you say and what you do or when you're off with guys or something else that I that you're honest that you're open with me. Yeah, and unfortunately, if there's not honesty in a relationship, there's really not much of a relationship if you can't trust your partner, your spouse. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And that's, and we've talked about this at other times, that unfortunately, if that ever becomes broken, then it's one of those places where we've got to try to repair that because you really have got to have the honest um, interaction, the honest dialogue. And y'all, this can be broken in in lots of layers of ways. I think sometimes we think about kind of the worst kind of things that somebody might do and being dishonest with us. But there's a host of things that can do that. But that 
that's it's a safety piece almost that says, I know you are honest with me. You are open with me. There's not a there's not a corner of you that I don't know about. Yeah, and I think that part of it, and one thing that we don't often think of as guys in an area that we struggle, I think most guys are fine with, yeah, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be straightforward, my words, my bond. But I think also that honesty and openness, that other word I threw in there was being vulnerable, and that is being willing to let them see that inside the parts of your fears, your struggles, that area that oftentimes a guy's ego and pride can prevent him from letting his wife into that. And when that happens, unfortunately, that's a barrier to intimacy. And we've talked about that before, the idea that when there is pride or sort of a selfishness that says, I don't have to share this part, I don't have to be honest about this, then what happens is we lose, you know, we lose that ability to connect in sort of the deepest way because somebody's being able to be totally honest. And when you think about it, there are very few people that we can have that with in our whole lives, and our spouse should certainly be number one. Yeah, something I was reading just today, I I really have no idea, but I just remember that, you know, hey, honesty and trust, I think that's pretty freely given early in the relationship. But once you violated that trust, it can take a long time to build that. So you really want to be that, hey, I'm an open book to you. I have nothing to hide. Uh, So, so far we got cherish, cherish. we've got honesty and openness, and now we come to the A of chase. And that's really that idea of giving your wife the attention and affection. And I put both of those together because I think they're both important as things that, uh, that a woman needs. I mean, attention. Yes. Yes. I think attention is kind of what it sounds like. I mean, And this can be, and I think this is going to sound silly in a way, maybe, but I mean, a lot of couples struggle right here because what a woman will say is he gives his attention to everything else but me. If I say something, I'm not heard. I have to go stand in front of the television, maybe get naked in front of the television to get their attention. That sounds good. Yeah, I mean, but if they're listening to a ball game, if they're listening to a podcast, if they're reading, if they're on their phone, if they're minds a million miles away, they're paying attention to multiple things and maybe not the wife. And I think so many wives feel like they're not seen in their own home. And so attention is it just paramount. The other piece to that is the affection. So not only just the stuff, I think it's the coolest thing to think that if we so cherished one another and the minute one of us opens our mouth to talk, the other immediately sort of turned and looked because we cared that much about what they were going to say. We didn't want to miss it. And, and so again, the attention, but the affection. So that is, those are those tender moments of affection, whether it's the hug, the pat, the, um, taking your hand and putting it on the lower part of our back, the small of your back, the small of our back. Johnny makes fun of that. It's because he did not know about it for 50 Plus years. We weren't married that. We haven't been married close to that. Oh, I was counting your age. Okay, you didn't have to know that at 10. Sorry. Okay. But the idea that it's a little touch, 
but it says, you're mine. I'm glad to be with you. There's a sort of protective sense of I'm right here behind you. I'm with you. And it's a little way of showing affection. So it is everything from blowing a kiss to kissing to touching, non-sexual, sexual. I mean, it's it's a gamut of things that say, you know, that convey and give affection. Yeah, and the reason we put them together, attention, affection, is so often the only guy, time a guy will show his wife attention and, and affection, affection is when he wants sex. Yeah. And it's almost like, it's like a signal to his wife. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he's paying attention now. He, he's interested in something tonight. Yeah. And I think that's probably as a woman that can probably be frustrated if that's the only time she feels that she has her husband's affection and attention. Yes. Now, I would say this. We, as wives, need to be careful not to cut off our nose despite our face. So when a man, when our husband is giving us attention, affection, and that is a desire they have toward us, you know, we want to be careful not to just be like, well, no, you never do this except when you want to do this, and so I'm not going to receive it. There are other ways that we can work on dealing with that, but we, we want and we, we, we desire that attention and affection. And so what we want to hopefully help the man understand is, we don't want it just when you want physical intimacy. All right. So we got the first three letters of Chase down. Now we want to go to the S, and that's for security. Yes. Um, security, and security can be a whole host of things. And this may, this is probably one of the of the five. I would say this may look the most different. In, yeah, in each. It, yeah, in they're heard. Her needs for security. Her dialect, or yeah, her needs when it comes to security. And so, security can be everything from the fact that I can trust you. I trust your integrity. I trust your honesty. I trust you to be there. I trust you to provide for us or to be a piece of that. I'm not saying, obviously, the man in our case, we'd be a little in trouble with that, wouldn't we? we? I trust you. Yeah. So, it's not just about financial security or just about true physical safety. Um, it could be security in just a number of ways. And so that may look different, but sometimes it is the idea of I am secure in the fact that I believe my spouse is committed to us. There is sort of a resolute mindset that says I'm in this until death do us part. And there's a security in that that says, I'm not threatened by, or every time we have a fuss, or every time there's an issue, that you're going to walk. You know, or we're so unstable that I don't have the security to even be real with you because I don't know if I can, and because I don't feel secure. And so it's so important that that's there because it sort of affects all the other pieces of that. And so again, that may look really different depending on your relationship, your love language, and a lot of the dynamics in your marriage. Yeah. And so, you know, I would say that's one of those areas that as a couple, you really want to talk about what yeah. does that look like to you? Because you just mentioned a lot of them. There's financial security, there's emotional security, right? there's physical security, there's just uh, being able to be secure in their leadership and the decisions your husbands make. 
I think all of those things, and you know, I think everybody wants all of them, but for some people, I know with us, financial security was a huge thing with you. Huge and, issue for me, yeah. And, and that's you know, that's something we've had a handle on in the past, but just hey, whatever it looks like for you, I think one thing pretty common is women have that desire for security. All right, so we've gotten through the first four. Let's get to the last one. And you're the one who really came up with this, Carla, and that is the idea that he only has eyes for you. Yes, eyes for me only. Um, That is sort of, I guess, if you want to say the cherry on the top, that is that... And, and you can maybe say this better than I can, Johnny, but um, it's that idea that you do a lot of times when you do weddings and the verbiage you use with couples, but it's the idea that you chose me over every woman that you'd ever dated. And by the way, Johnny dated a ton of them. A couple. Um, uh, no, a ton. But anyway, you chose me over everybody you'd ever dated and met. And that I continue to do so. Yes. And that everybody that you would that you would ever meet thereafter you would continue to choose me i love the idea that that i am to you what what is what is beautiful what is lovely and that's whether i'm 30 or whether i'm 65 or 90 and that that is your that is what I frames hope I'm around when you're 90 <laughs> that that is what frames the way you see me because you see me as lovely. You see me as your beautiful wife. I'm not beautiful, but you see me as your beautiful wife. And therefore, that is your frame of reference. So explain this to me then and really explain this to other guys that are hopefully listening to this podcast. And this may be a podcast, ladies, that if you're the one who listens, get your husband to listen to it sometime. How am I, what are things that as a husband I might do that isn't eyes only for you? Well, anytime I think a woman has a sense that a man has roving eyes. And so that can be, and, and I think, and this would be another time for discussion when I have time now, I don't think we're saying you can't ever look at another person who is attractive and notice the beauty or the handsome ruggedness of someone, that kind of thing. But it is when our eyes fixate there it is when they linger longer than they should. It is all, unfortunately, the sad, scary ways today that that is so um, available for men. It is so easy for them to look to other women, to pictures, to yeah. porn, pornography. To things. Not she's not saying, but pornography a huge issue here, and it is across our country. Single men, married men, unfortunately, women as well. And I just think the problem is that is an un, it's a false thing. It is not a real thing. It is a um, airbrushed photo. And no woman can ever compete with an image that is not real. And the problem is it gets sealed in your mind. And then the woman never knows, are you looking at me really? Are you thinking about something else you've seen before? So the idea that you would have eyes for her and continue to do that um, is an incredibly powerful gift you as a man can give your wife that says, I've committed to let you be, let my eyes only find you. So, I, I mean, I think that's, 
that's an it's just an awesome gift. All right, so let's just recap real quick. Um, woman's desires: chase to be cherished, to have an honest and open husband, to have his attention and affection, to feel secure in all aspects of the relationship, and to know that she is his crown jewel and that he has eyes only for her. And so what we really encourage you to do, and maybe those five aren't what your greatest desires are. You're going to find out next week when we talk about guys, you may think, that really sounds more like me. That's okay. Um, but hey, husbands especially need to have this conversation. Man, what is it that you want me? How can I love you better? Because that's what all of this is, is really loving your wife well. So uh, that's it for Chase. And next week, we're going to look at the guys, what their desires tend to be. And again, there may be some different for you. But these are the ones that we tend to see, and it's, I think it's most common both from a biblically-based research and from secular research. You find the same needs or desires that they have. So again, Carla, why don't you say goodbye? Goodbye. Thank you. And, uh, and we will catch you next time. Keep on forging, people.